0: Hey everyone, I'm Abe and this is 20. Today I'm talking with Stephanie from Sunnyvale, California and in 20 questions we're going from how was your Tuesday to questions of basic identity and purpose. Hey Stephanie, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Hi Abe, I'm so happy to be here.
0: So we just have around 30 minutes, um, so let's begin.
1: Sounds good.
0: Um, how The question that I ask every single podcast to begin, us uh, start us off with is how would your friends describe you?
1: That's a good question. You really should ask them. I have no idea. I think they would. Gosh, I really don't know. I guess it depends who you talk to. I think uh, fake friends would describe me as a bitch. (laughs) I think my real friends would describe me as uh, hilarious, a foodie, uh, weirdly abnormal. I've got weird passions. Where it depends what TV show I'm watching. Maybe I'll, like, embody Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I guess it depends also what time of the month you're talking to me. I have no idea. <laughs> I've actually never asked them, how do you describe me?
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. That sounds really dynamic. What, what are you, like, passionate about?
1: You know – my passion has really changed as I've gotten older. High school Stephanie loved like wanted to be a doctor, a lawyer, loved Hollywood. Now my passions become much more about me and my life. Like I love my passions around my dogs, it's around humanity, um, world peace, which I know sounds really huge and kind of silly like oh world peace like i'm not interviewing to be the next you know usa america but world peace in the sense that i believe that people really can get along Um, i think we live in a world unfortunately where we're not quite there yet but i'd like to think that we can reach utopia one day
0: sure that's awesome so given that given your passion you know for world peace why why would you think people would call you a bitch then
1: um, cause I don't really like to bullshit if I don't like you or don't like you yet. I'm like, eh, next.
0: Gotcha. So would you consider yourself, um, you know, opinionated or type a, or would you consider yourself more just like, you know, what you want or both?
1: I think it depends which life cycle I'm going through in the sense that I think that people are like a DNA double helix. So the more we learn, the more we grow, but it goes in a spiral. We'll have to revisit certain mistakes to keep learning from them or certain uh, opinions. So, for example, what I mean to say is sometimes I'm type A, uh, like, oh, I need to have a list. I need to know what I'm doing, um, especially much more at work. And other times I'm just laid back and I just want to hear your life story. Sure. It really depends, I think, where my mind's at.
0: Awesome. So random question for my fifth question, um, where, where are you from? Are you from California? Or are you um, And how, how did you kind of share with a little bit of the overview of your life story? Um, so
1: I was born and raised in France, in Caen, which is where D-Day happened. Um, and I had this really golden childhood. Then I came to the United States when I was uh, nine and a half, came to California, my dad chasing the American dream. Um, and then I've been here ever since. learned English and all that good stuff here.
0: Oh, very cool. so what was your what was your favorite part about growing up in France?
1: The adventures. <clears throat> um, I lived in a town that sat on top of a hill of a medieval castle, and wow. um, the medieval castle was in ruins. And so I just remember running through the castle and on the ramparts and looking at the city. Um, and you could see so, so far all the way to the ocean. And I, they had these old rusted um, cannons and I would just straddle the cannon and like look out at the world. Um, so my, my little city was a medieval city and I loved it. That was very magical. Um, I had one of my best friends, his family lived in a uh, Renaissance castle. And I remember wow. exploring like the attic and um, his mom would scare us and be like, you can't touch the, that there's like an old bomb in here, like freaky stuff just so we wouldn't go in certain rooms. I realized that now at the time I was scared <laughs> um, <laughs> or like, I remember going to the countryside countryside and um, just like chasing cows in pastures, which I realize now is actually very dangerous. What if they had turned around and like stampeded me? Um, so I just felt like there was a lot of adventure, a lot of outdoors. Mom and dad, um, they didn't, we didn't have to come home. Like, they, you know, there was no cell phones. There was no whatever. Um, and so we would just come home when it got dark to have dinner. Um, it just felt very freeing. And I'm sure there was bad in the world. I'm sure mom and dad were nervous when we were out at the park. Um, but it just felt very safe and freeing. I felt like I grew up in a fairy in a fairy tale.
0: Wow, that really sounds like a movie. Um, what do you, for my seventh question, what do you realize that you've taken from your childhood and kind of applied it into your life today?
1: Hmm. From my childhood, um, I think imagination, um, so hmm. letting yourself go to a pasture of grass and that grass becomes this kingdom and that in that kingdom, you can be a knight or a princess or a turtle. Um, so I think imagination, um, but I also think from my childhood came, um, a great care for proper education in terms of manners. There was this, uh, there was this big Rolodex of like proper etiquette, And I think that's actually served me really well as I've gotten older in terms of um, not interrupting others when they're speaking, respecting your elders, how to host, how to pass food. You know, nobody should ever have an empty glass of water, those kinds of Mm. things. Or when somebody comes to your house, you should always offer them something to eat and something to drink because you never know where they came from, where their journey's from.
0: Mm. I love how you painted the picture of a a open pasture being this kingdom and you kind of transform into whatever you want to be. I think I actually do that a lot too, which I really love. Um, it, it, it is freeing and it is, it makes life a lot more fun. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so my eighth question, and this is a staple question in my podcast, uh, when's the last time you cried and why? I
1: have to think about that one. Sure. Uh, I believe the last time I cried was two weeks ago and it was when I finished the TV series Band of Brothers and, um, I'm going to give some stuff away if you haven't seen Band of Brothers, but in the end there's really, so what was really powerful about that TV show, in my opinion, was the fact that they had the actual veterans, um, tell their story in confessionals in the beginning and sometimes wrapping it up at the end. And at the end of the series, the one of the guys um, with just a world of emotions in his like tinseling blue eyes, this grandpa looks at the camera to the side and he tells the story about how his grandson said, hey, like grandpa, mom tells me you were a hero. And he looks at him and he's like, no, grandpa wasn't a hero, but he served in a company of heroes. Mm. And he was referring to the fallen soldiers and all his friends that died on the battlefield. And I just lost it. I found that Mm. to be one of the most powerful things. And also a good reminder that the elderly have so much to share with us. There's just a Mm. world that they lived. And if we just shut the fuck up and listen,
0: (laughs) we can
1: be in for, for a treat. And it just really hit home. And I cried so hard. I was like, oh, my God.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Um, kind of going back briefly to your um, growing up in France and then moving to the U.S. Um, at an early age, what was the biggest transition and what was the toughest transition um, from moving from France to the U.S.? And can you share a little bit about that?
1: Uh, sure. So at first I thought it was just a vacation like or a um, moment in time you know, maybe two years in America, and then we go back. So I realized I never really said goodbye to my friends, because I thought I would see them. Mm. Um, But that wasn't sad. That was just a realization later on. The toughest moment I had when I came to the US was, so I came in the fourth grade, and I remember everyone going to recess. And I'm crying because I had the math, we were doing a math problem, and I had the answer. And I couldn't say it out loud, you know, like, As an example, let's say 4 plus 4 equals 8. I couldn't say the number 8 out loud or explain my thought process. uh, My thought process was different than the rest of the kids, but I had the same answer. And so I couldn't explain it. And I was so frustrated because it's like I still have the same answer. I still did the same math problem, but I can't explain my thoughts. That was really frustrating. And I just remember crying so hard and being by myself at recess. Wow. We spoke different language. Yeah,
0: that's I I imagine especially at as a fourth grader you not you being frustrated cuz you you don't really fully comprehend it too and you know how to communicate with folks your your age and I can see that being really frustrating. Um so we're talking about life and kind of you growing up. Um if if you for my 10th question if you were to write an autobiography today And what would it be called and why? And can you share kind of your um, approach to that?
1: That's a good question. I have asked that question in the past when I've interviewed people to join my team when I was an operations manager. Um, (laughs) So I feel like that's such a standard uh, question to get to some, like the way somebody thinks or the time they are in their life. My answer for this question has changed many times in the last seven years Today sure. on your podcast, my answer would be a fallen. It would be um, the fallen leaf. Two years Ooh. ago, I called it Il Cavallino, which is uh, the small horse. Um, today would be the fallen leaf because if you think of seasons changing and an autumn leaf in the warmth of the end of summer, kind of you know uh, floating towards the ground and then drying up and dying. <laughs> That's kind of how sure. I'm feeling. I feel not the dying part, but I feel like there's a change in seasons. And until I can really understand or discover or have faith in what my passion is, then I can be a blossoming tree and a blossoming flower on that tree. But just today at 1130 AM on a Friday, I feel more like, um, like a, like I'm a leaf floating in the breeze. It's still warm outside and I can feel the sun rays on my cheeks, but I'm kind of floating unsure unsure of what my next step is in terms of my my life goals.
0: Wow, that that's really deep. that's thanks for painting that picture too. That, that's awesome. Um, sweet. Well, um, so we are on question 11.
1: 11 baby.
0: Eleven. So what do you struggle with on a day-to-day basis?
1: Insecurities about my body. That would be the biggest thing. So constant positive self-talk to shut down the negative self-talk. Today's a good day. I'm feeling good. Um, But it's not always the case. Um, So I think body image.
0: Sure. What do you do to kind of combat that and... um, try to fight it with positive positivity how do you, how do you approach that uh,
1: it depends on the day if i go usually i swim in the morning i didn't today but when i'm swimming in the morning um it's a med- it's a meditation in the water so listening to my breathing repeating a mantra i say peace in my universe or i say you are beautiful um mm. in french which is uh, what uh, paix dans mon univers je suis belle So I repeat that, and I listen to my breathing, and that brings peace. On a day like today, um, I honestly came – I needed to put on an armor. I needed to put on armor to face the world. And armor in today's society, in my opinion, truly means um, outward appearance, so hair and makeup done, uh, put on a little mask. And uh, I think Oscar Wilde said it best. They said – there's a famous quote by him that says, if you give a man a, a mask, he will be himself. He will tell you the truth. And I do think that's true when I feel at my most confident with a full face of makeup, a cute outfit, I tend to, I feel like I am more myself because mm. I don't let my insecurity of, Oh my gosh, I have a pimple. They're going to see if I'm not wearing makeup or my hair is flat or whatever. It's like, boom, this is me take it or leave it. Sure. But you know, it depends. Other times it's just a good session at the gym and other times this is going to sound counterintuitive but let's say I'm having um, a day where I'm just like, man, my flubber is over on my pants. Everything's jiggling. I feel disgusting. I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror. And I'm like, who is that ugly bitch walking around? Really negative self-talk. And, in- sure. and then I go and have the best food ever. And I say, this is all worth it.
0: Mm. Interesting. Thank- yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's a topic that not a lot of people want to talk about or are scared to talk about. And I just appreciate your your bluntness. Um, and your your realness. Um, so, thanks for sharing that. Um, tell me about a time you know. And I'm I'm thinking of you know you growing up, and you seem like a really passionate person, a, a feeler. Um, tell me about a time that where your life like was really impacted, like, and whether it be on a trip abroad or a trip um, in the U.S. or someone something someone said to you. Kind of share that impactful moment with me.
1: Like positive impact, negative. I feel like there's Does, so many things that have impacted my life. It's hard to pick one. Kind of direction, the direction.
0: Um. So let's say um positive. Like wow. Like this is very emotionally. Like I feel inspired. Um. So two part question. So w- one that was really positive and one that was really like wow. Not not as positive. And you can start off with how whichever one you want. Hmm.
1: That's a thinker, because I feel like they're oftentimes relatable or related, like a good mm-hmm. one is a bad one and vice versa, because you learn from it or it gives you new clarity. Um, sorry for my for my pause here. Oh,
0: no, this is great. It's All good.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Um, three years ago. I went to Romania with my mom. So I was born and raised in France. My parents were not. Um, and I went with her to Romania, and I met my cousins for kind of the first time. Um, and I rem- and it was really draining to go from French, English, understand trying to understand Romanian with one we were speaking a little Spanish. So you have to really be present in the moment, follow people's body language to be able to follow a conversation. It's extremely draining, but that was really impactful. I remember going to bed at night, just being like, dang, like the world really can communicate. You just have to be present, willing to put in the effort and listen and watch. Um, Mm. So that was impactful. But I think what was more impactful about that trip was learning about my mother growing up and her life. Because we get so wrapped up into our own everyday issues, at least for myself. It's like, what am i going to eat at lunch what's going on in my personal life how's my boyfriend and i don't really think about my mom at my age necessarily or how she grew up just in terms of bullet points i just think oh she was an only child she had a lot of cousins but i don't really think about her emotions and she was sharing she was sharing life events with her uh, mom and dad so my grandparents who are, have passed away. And it was just so interesting because she sees her parents, obviously the same way I see my parents, young, vibrant. Um, that just was very emotionally uh, rigged for me. We were having, we were drinking um, Eau de vie, which is the, or Zwicka in Romanian, which is this uh, plum liquor. That is made on our properties in Romania, and so we're taking shots of this, sipping it, and as the night is uh, gradually going, we're getting a little tipsier. And mom is like laughing and yet crying and telling me these mm. stories. And that was a moment that I just wish I could replay over and over again. I re- I felt like I got closer to her, learned more about her. It was mm. it was like a it was like all the movies in one. I'm laughing, I'm crying, I'm angry. I didn't agree with everything she was saying. It was. Uh, sure. It was cool, and I really wish my sister had been there because um, I wish she saw this side of my mom, too. I'm sure she has, and she has her own moments, but I felt like it wasn't right for me to be the only one witnessing it.
0: Sure, you were kind of like humanizing your mom, and like, wow, like she has such a story as well.
1: Yeah, and it made me wonder why she doesn't write books because my mom is such a storyteller, Mm -hmm. um, and she's got such amazing stories. I remember in that moment thinking that When my mom passes, my gift to her life should be to write um, a three part novel on her life Mm. and my father's life.
0: Wow. You should do that now while she is alive so she can read it.
1: That's true. It's all about finding the time. Yeah, totally. Bogged up in insignificant things too much.
0: Totally. Thanks for sharing. And and so, would you say that, that that was like, you know, all in one encompassing like moment of like positive, negative, everything? Yeah, I would. Cool. Sweet. Um, so for my 14th question, totally random, um, but you mentioned, you know, when, you're, it, when your mom passes, you, you want to write a big novel about her life. Wh- when you pass away, what do you want to re- be remembered for?
1: Mm-hmm. I would like my family. by By then, I hope I have a, a lot of grandkids. I want them to have the warm and fuzzies when they think about, I guess the word I'm looking for is comfort. I mm. hope I'm remembered for providing a safe place where I could provide them with comfort from food. I would love to make sure that everybody's always well fed with really yummy food um, stories and laughter and where um, people, anytime they came through the threshold of my front door felt safe, mm.
0: um,
1: felt safe. And also, from from so many different things, like safe in the terms of being who you are, uh, sharing your beliefs, sharing your fears, just be truly 100% safe. I would like my house to be like a church for people's souls. And I'd like mm. to be remembered for that, that when people think of, oh, Stephanie, that lady, they can either laugh or they can remember the food or they can remember this feeling of warmth in their heart for feeling safe.
0: Wow. I love you said a church for your souls. That's really that's really awesome. That'd be that that'd be really cool to be remembered for. Um for for my fifteenth question and I have around ten minutes. Um if I was a genie and I said, Hey Stephanie, um I'm gonna grant you three wishes right now, what would you wish for?
1: Um I would wish to never have to worry about money ever again. So be Mm. rich beyond my means, because I think uh, the way that the world has moved towards needing to have money to to accomplish your dreams is too bad. I just don't want to, I want to be like Forrest Gump. Don't worry about money. One less thing. Um, (laughs) I would wish for um, true happiness for my friends and family that they find, uh, whatever that means, because I'm not, I can't dictate other people's lives, whatever it really means in their hearts to be truly happy. In a positive way. Um, And third. Third. uh, I guess my third. I would wish. For when I pass away. To pass away peacefully.
0: Mm. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, My 16th question. When have you felt your biggest. Adrenaline rush. Hmm.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> I have <laughs> no idea. I'm so not like an adre- adrenaline junkie. Um, ooh, okay, maybe. Um, so I used to do musical theater. Maybe like right before I was stepping on stage. Oh yeah, from behind the curtains. I think that.
0: I love it. I I agree with that. I remember being so nervous, like, oh, I'm about to do it, <laughs> and then it's and like I'm gonna oh. go. And then look at me. Um, Okay, cool. So this is a kind of a a random question, but I mean, these are all random questions. But um, what do you most often look down on people for? And what do you think other people look down on you for?
1: Hmm. I'm not sure what people look down on me for. Abe, you should answer that question. What have you looked down on me for? (laughs) Um, I have gotten the feedback, however, that um, for whatever this means, people say I'm intimidating or – but it sounds negative when they say that, of course. Um, So I think they look down on me for being confident, um, Mm -hmm. which, again, that makes me sound like a bitch, hence the whole bitch comment, like people who don't know me think I'm a bitch.
0: Which is fascinating because – if confidence equates to bitch, it's just interesting.
1: I think only when you're female, unfortunately. Gotcha. I think when you're confident male, it equates to like sexy and, um, but because I've gotten that feedback in, and I know it, it came negatively because most recently a coworker said, Oh, you're so much, you're so different than how I originally thought about you because you're, you came off so confident and I'm like, well, either you're saying confidence equals to me being bitchy or you're saying that I'm no longer confident in which case I'm approachable. So that Mm. was a mixed message. Didn't really care for that. Um, but anyways, that being, um, but for the way, what was the other part of the question?
0: Uh, what do you look down on people for sometimes?
1: Oh, I look down on people for not listening. So if they are so focused on stating their opinion, and they're not Mm -hmm. open to others, that drives me nuts. So let's say we're having a table conversation for people and one person is completely focused on making sure they have an argument back or to be able to talk back to the person. Oh, that drives me nuts. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. It's okay to agree to disagree. It's a place to share.
0: Sure. Totally. Thanks for sharing that. Um, My 18th question um, is how do you hope you'll change um, as a person in the next five years?
1: Uh, in the next five years, I hope that, <clears throat> I hope that I find my passion and really go after it. Oh. And, uh, I hope that I see this sounds counterintuitive because I want to slap myself for saying it. Cause I was saying say in the next five years, I hope that I get the body I've always wanted, but that's stupid. Cause I want people to love their bodies the way they are. So I hope, I guess I love my body the way it is and. Uh, truly fundamental way in the sense that I don't need to put in any sort of extra effort no meditation no makeup and hair to be like boom myself which in reality when I travel this is kind of interesting that I think I think about this about myself I ponder on it when I'm traveling I don't wear makeup and I feel fan-fucking-tastic and I Mm. love talking to people. I love taking pictures, all of that. But as you know, because you've been over to my house and you're like, hey, Stephanie, let's take a picture. I'm like, no, like I'm not feeling it. But when I'm traveling, I feel it. So I wonder what that's about. So anyways, going I guess being my travel self all the time would be really cool in the next five years. I like that.
0: Yeah, when I travel, I literally wear the same three shirts probably all the time. And I don't care because –
1: It's so beautiful, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And like free and really awesome. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, Well, I challenge us to feel like that right now as much as we can. Um, I have two questions left in around five minutes. Um, Tell me about – your your best day ever if you woke up um tomorrow and you had the choice to choose whatever you did and it was perfect paint me that picture real quick
1: um it would be filled with truly amazing food amazing food i'm talking like wow (laughs) it would be filled with the ocean my dogs i'd love to have my friends and family with me but it would be also it would have like half of the day would just be alone time Mm-hmm. Um, cause I do like having time to just think, um, and I would just be, you know, lying on the beach and then somehow, you know, teleport myself to Napa and have great food and wine, um, have laughter in the evening. I'd love to be like under a big tree in my parents' mm-hmm. backyard. And we're just like laughing till midnight, having a great, some great food and conversation. Um, and then ends with, you know, a really good orgasm with not my <laughs> parents, but with my boyfriend. <laughs> that was like, this <laughs> That's awesome.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Great, great day. Great, great day. So I end off every podcast asking a closing question. And the the closing question is, um, what's the biggest life lesson you've learned so far?
1: Biggest life lesson. I have no idea, Abe. There's so many lessons and there's so much more still to learn. Sure. Um, I guess biggest life lesson is uh, be open-minded, ask questions. Um, I wouldn't have friends if that wasn't the case. I also wouldn't have integrated in this culture and community if I didn't stop, listen, ask questions, reach out to people. Mm. Um, But I really think that is all cumulative to being open and have hope okay let me let me i feel like i'm i'm getting somewhere here i'm brainstorming out loud my big lesson mr lopez is um god is always there there's always hope Hmm. there's always
0: hope awesome cool
1: well, well thank, thanks for having me on your podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Drop the mic with There's Always Hope. I love it. I was just taking it in for a little bit. <laughs> um, well, thank you so, so much, Stephanie. I love how you are real and raw, and that's exactly what I want on this podcast, and I really appreciate your time. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much.
1: You're welcome.
0: All right, and that's all for me. Of course. So that's all for me, folks. So until next time, keep it real. Cheers.